Welcome to Stay Engaged 2021. Everything you know and love about IAB Engage, but brought to you day by day. It's Engage, but offstage. Stay Engaged is hosted in partnership with Quantcast, creators of a new and innovative intelligent audience platform. Today's offstage audio session is from IAB UK member Acast, whose creative director Jack Preston is joined offstage by Dr. Rupi Orgela from the Doctor's Kitchen podcast. They get into how brands who are seemingly reliant on visual marketing can bring their products to life through audio and how working with podcast influencers to tell their brand story will deliver unheard of, until now, engagement and creative opportunities. Here's Jack to introduce their session. Welcome everybody, wherever you're listening. This is ACAST session for IAB UK's Stay Engaged. My name is Jack Preston and I'm the director of ACAST Creative UK and US. Before we get into it, a quick primer on anybody who's not familiar with Acast. We are the global and UK market leaders in podcasting. We have nearly 30,000 shows on our network, including podcast superstars such as Jesse Ware, Shagged Maradonoid and Dr. Rupee's Doctor's Kitchen podcast, as well as premium publishers, including The Guardian and the BBC. Our shows collectively enjoy 300 million listens per month, and all of them are exclusively available through the Acast marketplace for advertisers to connect with engaged and immersed listeners. My role at Acast is heading up Acast Creative, our in-house podcast creative team. We work closely with Acast's most loved and listened to podcasts to create brilliant brand stories for advertisers that in turn deliver incredible listener experiences for anybody pressing play on an Acast podcast, no matter what platform you might be doing that on. It's our job to work with the best and biggest brands out there to work out their podcast strategy and then decide how to bring that to life in a way that sounds amazing. That could be anything from a collaboration with an existing podcast or launching an original podcast for a brand. Over the last few years, as I'm sure everybody listening to this is fully aware, there's been a huge spike in brand investment in podcasting. Lots and lots of different clients are now choosing to advertise through podcasts. For me personally, as a member of the creative team, the fascinating thing is the number of those pounds and dollars that are going to long form content within the space. No longer are brands just wanting to sponsor a podcast or run an ad across a network. They're wanting to collaborate with top talent on big long form branded content campaigns. Uh, a nice stat to illustrate that last year, 24% of ACAST total UK revenue was made up from creative campaigns. That was a huge growth on the year before. What makes Acast Creative unique is that we're the only creative team out there that get to work with the calibre of podcasting talent that you'll find on the Acast Creator Network, including my guest today. Welcome to Dr. Rupi. Rupi, how are you? Hey, I'm very well. Thanks, Jack. We've been lucky enough to work on some really interesting projects together, so I'm looking forward to exploring those in a bit of detail. But before we get into that, to be really great for those who may not have come across you before, who may not subscribe to the podcast, to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah, sure thing. I'm Rupi. I'm a general practitioner. I work in the NHS. I also work in A&E emergency medicine and I'm doing a master's in nutritional medicine. And I'm founder of something called The Doctor's Kitchen, which is where I create recipes, talk about the clinical research behind the ingredients I use in an effort to inspire everybody about the medicinal effects of eating well and lifestyle and how we can make small changes that cumulatively command amazing changes to our physiology for a better healthier world the podcast is very much about that so when i started i fell into podcasting if i'm honest it was something that my publishers thought it might be a good thing to start to try and advertise the new cookbook 
And what I found immediately was people loved listening as much as cooking long to recipes. So me talking about the medicinal effects of plant-focused eating or the reasons why greens are so good for you or the science behind breath work and meditation, yoga, exercise, the physiology behind that. Immediately, there was an intimacy with the listeners that I've never really looked back from. And it's been an incredible ride for the last three years. Really nice overview. And thank you very much for teeing up one of the, the first topics we're going to be touching upon. That intimacy is something that I really want to dive into. Something to set the scene. There's so many stats and numbers out there around podcasting and podcast advertising, the effectiveness of it. One thing that I wanted to touch upon was a recent BBC study, which looked at ad avoiders, people who said they routinely avoid ads, 22% more likely to be engaged and remember a brand mentioned in a podcast compared to a TV ad. So there's lots of compelling numbers like that out there. But from your perspective, Rupi, can you talk to me about your relationship with your listeners and why you think the medium of podcasting offers such an engaging environment? As a podcast consumer myself, I totally agree with those stats because I could single-handedly mention all the podcast sponsors from some of my favorite podcast shows. I just know intuitively like who sponsors which podcast. So it's quite strange to hear that and agree with it as well. But you're right. The intimacy that I have with the listenership is brilliant because it spills over onto social media, onto the newsletter. And also when you're donating your time which is your most precious resource to the act of listening to a podcast like mine or anyone else's it's a huge ask and in return you want to offer as much value as possible and so people trust your judgment as they get to know you through the medium of podcasting even more so than i think a typical tv advertisement so if i'm reading out something i've vetted a product or a service or a business or a charitable organization people know that i really mean it when i suggest it on the podcast because that relationship has been built over many years with my uh, audience so i think that speaks to a much more powerful way of advertising than your traditional tv advertisements as well and i think now even even with podcasts, you can skip forward and stuff. And then TV, you can skip forward. I'm much more likely to listen to an advert because I enjoy the creative spin that podcasters put on an ad read than a TV show, which is unlikely to have that sort of authenticity. Yeah, really great point. I mean, there's so few boundaries in podcasting and there's so many innovative, creative things you can do to bring brand messaging to life. And yet the reason that people listen to shows such as yours is you're doing it in your own voice and it's going to feel relevant to them because you know your audience better than anybody else. You mentioned the long-standing relationship you have with lots of your listeners. And what I find really interesting is top podcast hosts such as yourself are never just a podcast host. So you're obviously a GP, you've been on TV regularly, you've got a book, lots of people will have arrived at you via the podcast, but also lots of people have arrived via other channels. So do you find that within your community, you're having people who are interacting with you through multiple different touch points? Yeah, it's interesting. We actually did some market research recently using the newsletter audience. And one of the questions we asked them was how they found out about the doctor's kitchen. And a massive funnel was actually the podcast. But my aim really for everything is to try and channel people toward the podcast because 
that's where I can have a more true nuanced conversation about nutritional medicine with them. It's very hard to communicate messages such as mine through character limited social media platforms near impossible, which is why you have so many arguments between different dietary dogma like vegans versus paleo, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, whereas on the pod, we can actually talk about the similarities as well as the differences. So yeah, it's interesting to see how people come to the podcast, but certainly a lot of people are transitioning from traditional media like my BBC iPlayer series or when they see me on BBC Morning Live or something like that and they go to the website and like, oh, he's got a podcast. Oh, he's done a, an episode on migraine. Let me listen mm -hmm. to that. And then they get, and hopefully they subscribe. That's the, that's the aim anyway. And that's how you can bring people who may not have ever heard of a brand or, or a sponsor onto the podcast and get them engaged in other services. Yeah, it's amazing how the whole ecosystem works in harmony now. Let's talk about a specific campaign. One that I wanted to touch upon, which we both worked on, was a really nice one for Sainsbury's that has been live over the last couple months i think there's a perfect example of a brilliant brand story told through podcasting so for listeners who are unaware the campaign was called summit innovation and sainsbury's wanted to promote their new barbecue and picnic range now if you think of a traditional stereotypical ad for a barbecue product you're probably imagining right now some meat sizzling away the flames coming up through the grill on a hot summer's day that is going to be a tv ad but what we really wanted to do with this campaign is take something that was stereotypically visually driven and reinvent it and tell that story and bring it to life in podcasting and the way we did that with rupee and some of our other podcast hosts was through the use of a brand new format in the acast marketplace called sponsor stories so sponsor stories are bigger and better versions of sponsor reads we're all very familiar as podcast listeners to a sponsor read they tend to be 60 to 90 seconds just spoken word from the host in the studio environment but with sponsor stories we can up the production values bring in external voices and take the recording into new environments like a garden to host a barbecue and actually before we get into it let's have a quick listen to how the whole campaign sounded Hello, G and Divas. We've got a surprise for you. We have come outside, out of the studio. You are at the Doctor's Barbecue right now. I'm here with my two favourite ladies, my gorgeous puppy, Nutmeg. Who gets the mention who first. Who gets the mention she first. She does. So, Mum, we're doing something different today, aren't we? Yes, darling. We're standing in the um, freezing cold. Yeah. But yeah, just above us, there's a little bit of blue sky. So why not fit in a Sainsbury's barbecue? You're right, Helen. You're right. This is lovely, isn't it? It's lovely to be outside. And big thanks to Sainsbury's, who we're partnering with, who have sent us all this delicious food. Oh, it's amazing. Have you had one of these? Look, chorizo salsa flavour crisps. Oh, they're delicious. Oh, they are nice. You know what? I could eat handfuls of those. They're so good. You try them. Mm. Thank you. And what, what else have you got? Oh, and check out this bad boy. A summer edition raspberry and elderflower jelly. Look oh. at the wobble on that. Have you got any tips for our listeners at Table Manners for how to take their barbecue to the next level? Marination. <laughs> Is that even a word? No, marinade. <laughs> Marination. Your barbecue's to the next level. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's really about, the main thing is really about the company that you keep. And because we haven't been able to see our loved ones for so long, I think this summer it's really going to go off and everyone's going to be getting together. So making sure you're with your friends and family, your loved ones, is going to be key. Sainsbury's stores are helping everyone eat better, starting this summer with their delicious new barbecue and picnic range, which has everything you need to make your summer barbecues and picnics the best they've ever been, even if you're sitting in the pouring rain. Hooray for summertime! Hooray! Yum. Now, pass us those crisps. Uh, I can't have eaten them all. Right. 
<laughs> Better get down Sainsbury's. So what you just heard there was an audio highlights reel of our summer barbecues campaign for Sainsbury's featuring Table Manners, How by Sex to My Boss, Scummy Mummies, and of course, the wonderful Dr. Ruby. So Ruby, it'd be really good to hear from you how you found that whole experience. It's obviously quite different from recording a regular sponsor read, as I just mentioned. They're quite different sponsor stories. So how did you find it? And what do you think the benefits of recording this way were for Sainsbury's? Yeah, it was really interesting because it allowed our creative flair to come out. We really took control of that brief, the way I communicated the message about the barbecue and how we're coming out of lockdown and how it's going to be different. And I wrote my girlfriend into it as well, my little puppy. So like they made an appearance and that brings again, like what I was talking about earlier, that level of authenticity. So you're really bringing the audience members seamlessly into sort of my life and how Sainsbury sort of fitted in it as well. Practically, it was a little bit more challenging because I live in a flat in central London with no garden. So I actually had to drive out to my parents and do the barbecue there. Listening back to it, it was really worth it because you can generally hear the birds singing in the background and the noises in the garden. And when you listen to that, you're transported to where you want to be, where you want to be enjoying the, the sun and the better weather. And obviously, like I'm largely plant-based, so I used a lot of their plant-based products, and, and that was obviously something that they wanted to showcase. So all in all, I think it was really successful. As the listeners will have just heard, you were lucky enough to do yours on a lovely sunny day. Unfortunately, one of the podcast table manners, when they did it, it was a typically rainy British summer day. So as the listeners will have heard, I think Jesse and Lenny didn't quite have the nice setting that you guys did. But I think that just goes to show what usually goes into a British barbecue. So yeah, really nicely executed. That format has given you the freedom to do things as you see fit, bring in external voices. This question of how you bring to life visually driven products, services, objects is one that we're constantly speaking to clients about. For any listeners, I think a personal favourite example of this of mine is the really popular design podcast, 99% Invisible. They've got this episode called The Many Deaths of a Painting, and it's about this really striking piece of abstract art by artist Barnett Newman. And it's a whole 25-minute episode on this one painting, how it makes people feel and the reactions it had when it was put up in galleries. And it's not just the emotions that are coming through. They're actually spending a lot of time talking about what the painting looks like and each individual element of it and it does it so well i defy anybody to listen to that and not agree that you can really bring to life something which is very visually driven through audio on top of all that something that would be really good to touch upon is the number of brands flocking to podcasts interesting stat from last year we created or our podcasters created over 3600 unique sponsorship reads for clients each one of those was created bespoke and produced for the brand. It's that pillar of curation and creativity that keeps brands coming back and keeps advertisers, creators and listeners interested. So thinking about the relevant creativity and content of your podcast, Rupi, what's your approach to working with brands on the doctor's kitchen? Are there any do's or don'ts when clients come to work with you? Have you got any golden rules? Yeah, I always make sure that whatever I'm talking about is relevant. So we've had a number of exercise digital platforms advertise on the podcast because they know that a lot of what we talk about 
the medicinal effects on our human physiology from moving in different ways. We've had people or publications that are revered for their excellence in terms of journalistic authority. And again, that has an impact on the podcast because, and that's uh, a brand that we want to be associated with because that's exactly what yeah. we try and do with the information that we put out there. But also for anyone that's skeptical about how you can advertise food brands or things that usually in the visual medium like coffee for example we actually had a coffee brand called exhale who are a small company and i've never had such a positive response from talking about their brand actually i described the chocolate milky notes uh, the hint of orange and the way i prepared the coffee using my v60 i'm a massive coffee snob as you can probably tell <laughs> having lived in australia for a couple of years i really got the coffee bug out there and the number of people that messaged me on Instagram and Twitter to double check the brand and like, you know, say, oh, this is the best coffee they've ever had and yada, yada. It's really interesting how you can weave into different mediums through that one podcast message. So yeah, I think there's like relevance is super important, the authenticity of the message. And we only work with brands that are aligned in terms of their values, like we'd want to be associated with in any other form. Right. And how important is creative freedom to you? So it's obviously important that you're getting across the key messages for a brand. But from your perspective, how important is it to have that freedom and to execute it in a way that is authentic to yourself and is going to respond correctly for the listeners? Yeah, I think having minimal points that you need to get in is really key and allowing the podcast to really take control of the read and to maintain its authenticity in terms of the message value to the listener. People will be able to listen through anything that is staged or just carbon copy, myself included as a podcast consumer, I can tell when something is a bit forced rather than a yep. genuine sort of appreciation for the brand. So I think allowing the podcasters to take control of the message, and it might sound completely different, which might be a bit of a nightmare for your traditional marketer because they want like consistency in the product. And, you know, yep. I've done some stuff in TV and they wanted like the exact sort of pixel by pixel perfect picture of the brand logo in a certain position for in a certain amount of time. Time. Podcasting is very different. You really have to allow the host or the hosts to, to take control of the messaging and just keep the points that you want to get across as minimal or as like clear as possible and then, and then allow them to take control of the read because that's how you have a better result. Completely. Yeah. I think brands are, are now realizing that they're investing in talent. They're investing in the host and listener relationship. Yeah. And it's not going to work if a podcaster such as yourself is given a script and asked to read it out. And also brands can have both now. So while they might be investing in the sponsorship of a podcast and the host is doing a read in their own unique style that's going to resonate for the listeners, they could also follow that up with ads which may follow pretty defined scripts from the brand and we can use new innovations such as conversational targeting to create really hyper-relevant campaigns. Yeah. So there's lots of ways that you can follow up and build out those campaigns. One of the things about doing a read is you know your audience better than the sponsor or the advertiser or the marketer. So you know the points that will prick their ears and get them to sit up and like, oh, okay, maybe I will try that. And so using that coffee example, I knew that the description of the coffee was key, even though that wasn't in the read at all. The read was more like, you know, you need to say you can get 50% off here, or you should go to this website and that's where you order. And this is why it's such a good coffee because it's tested and it's toxin free and all the rest of it. 
I knew, fair enough, great points, but I knew what would work for my audience. And it's the taste, the flavor, as well as the functional benefits and why I'm a coffee drinker myself. And so, you know, if this is the Doctor's Kitchen coffee brand, um, then that has a lot more value than the generic sort of readout, which you might find on the website that might be more generically appropriate. So filtering down to the core points of what will be more of interest for this particular audience is something that only the podcasters themselves will know. And you just have to put a lot more trust in that. Yeah, great point. Yeah. So you would be delivering all the key messaging, but you're curating that read for the listener. You know what's going to work. When you were doing that live just then, I could actually taste the coffee. That, <laughs> that did really draw me in. That definitely would have not been the case if you'd have started off with the offer code. Yeah. Yeah. So one question that we're often asked by brands is when should we start our own podcast? What's the best strategy around that? And if you do it well, it can be one of the most powerful things a brand can do in the space. However, there are a number of different ways to build up to that point. Rupi, from your perspective, what would you say to a brand who are thinking of starting their own podcast? They may be not sure if there's the audience out there for them or they want to dip their toe in the water and try something with an existing show before going off and launching their own feed. How, how would you advise a brand to approach that? Yeah, I think that there's definitely two ways of going about it. I think there's certainly value in starting your own podcast, particularly if you want to create something with longevity and you want to do information content driven sort of leads to whatever product or service you're offering. Another way I think that's low touch is to sponsor podcast episodes of some podcast hosts that already have an engaged audience where it makes sense for you and your brand to get involved. And that's a nice way to seeing if there is longevity in creating a whole podcast series from scratch. So I mentioned earlier, there's a puppy food brand that I think Scott Mills is the host for their, their new podcast series. That was great because I think there's so many stories about people with new dogs, particularly during lockdown. Another way they could have done that is go to podcast hosts where they've just got a puppy, myself included, for example, they could have sponsored a whole episode where I talked about their food, how much of an issue it was when we first had her, the first three months and how we went from different brand to brand and we actually ended up mm -hmm. on theirs. There's so many ways in which you could do that and you've already got access to, you know, an engaged listenership with genuine downloads and genuine interest and anything that I talk about, I know that my audience is going to value as well. So there's definitely two ways of going about it if people are on the fence about whether they they want to create their own podcast channel and that might be a nice low touch way of starting it it's a great point and as we know there's a podcast about everything now so whatever story you want to tell whatever audience you want to connect with there will be a podcast out there who you can partner with and do that in a very accessible way and if you do want to go on to create your own podcast and launch your own feed then it's still definitely wise to to partner with existing podcasts. We have access to so much data at Acast and we can see that the, the number one ways that people discover new podcast content is through recommendations by friends, through social media, and the number one way is always through mentions in existing podcasts. So even if you do launch your own podcast uh, about puppy food, then it's wise to work with shows who have an audience to tap into and can help you grow your own listener base because that is always the most difficult thing to do in podcasting, grow that listener base from zero when you first launch the feed. I can definitely vouch for that because early on in my podcasting career, Jessie Ware on her podcast, they had Paloma Faith 
and Paloma Faith had just got my doctor's kitchen book and she started talking about it on their podcast. She was like, this is a great book. I've got so much more fiber in my diet and going to the toilet more often. Like it was really funny. And on the back of that, loads of people found my book. Uh, Paloma Faith now follows me on Instagram and I, I think I got a bunch of listeners from that as well. So that's definitely one of the ways in which I got some traffic. I love it when two Acast podcast superstars cross over <laughs> Table Manners and Doctor's Kitchen. Nothing better than that. And finally, to wrap up, Rupee, what can we expect from the Doctor's Kitchen over the next few months? What have you got in store for us? Oh, so I'm actually doing some podcasts this week on aging and reversing the aging process with a fantastic PhD. And I'm also going to be doing some stuff on the environmental pollutants impact on human physiology and what we can actually do to mitigate against that through lifestyle, what we eat, as well as the products that we come into contact with as well. So super interesting stuff, all to do with the medicinal effects of eating. I've even got a whole episode, kid you not, on watercress and uh, <laughs> what, what the functional benefits of watercress are. So one of my really good friends who's on the clinical entrepreneurship program, and that's how we connected, his whole thesis is about watercress and using different properties and isolating them for different uses. So one of them is reducing ammonia, which actually has an impact on nappy rash and candida. Yep. One of them is creating a protein product. So when you isolate these certain elements from watercress and you concentrate it, you create like a tofu, which is really high in amino acids. So it's another oh. functional protein that you can add to like shakes. We did a whole episode on olive oil and that was one of our most popular episodes. So people love geeking out on these certain edges and it'll probably allow them to, you know, probably make them eat more watercress as well if there's any watercress advertisers out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please get in touch with any watercress brands out there. That's fascinating. So watercress, an almost superfood, who knew? I haven't knowingly consumed watercress in quite a few years, but that's next on my shopping list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I look forward to listening to that. So yeah, please do tune in, subscribe to Doctor's Kitchen, available on all good podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining me today, Rupee. Fascinating conversation as always. My pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I've been inspired about what's creatively possible within audio advertising and podcasting. If you do want to learn a little bit more, head over to our website, acast.com, or feel free to drop me an email at jack.preston at acast.com. Thank you very much and goodbye. You're listening to Stay Engaged from IAB UK. Thank you for tuning in to this offstage audio session and thanks to our partners at Quantcast. If you've enjoyed this session, please share it and tag at IAB UK on Twitter or Instagram. Subscribe wherever you're listening to hear the rest of the Stay Engaged sessions and for the regular IAB UK podcast. In the next session, two of the team from TripAdvisor reflect on the past 18 months and how their global advertising business quickly pivoted efforts to help clients navigate their way through this pandemic. Coming up as part of Stay Engaged.